decided to excerpt 90 seconds from this chunk of the interview with Bill Clinton where he talks about Monica, but then I was watching some of um, the reaction of Mika Brzezinski on MSNBC and how disappointed she was in the way he handled it. Oh, I really? thought, well, maybe we ought to listen to the whole like two and a half minutes of it. So it's, it's him and uh, Patterson, the mystery writer, sitting down to do an interview. I oh, assume boy. Bill Clinton thinks he's going to get to talk about the book. Right. And only the book. Right. And this guy, Melvin, whatever his name is. Uh, Craig, I believe it was. Craig Melvin. Uh, decides to get into the Me Too era and, uh, and Lewinsky and apologies and stuff like that. And uh, Who's I, he work for? NBC. Okay. I will... Uh, just since this is radio, let you know that the look on Bill Clinton's face is similar to a much younger Bill Clinton when they brought up the cigar uh, <laughs> during the deposition. <laughs> I remember that look. Sort of. I mean, he opens his mouth and he kind of looks like, all right, this says I wasn't expecting this and you're pissing me off. And uh, what what is going on here? I'm not used to this sort of defiance. I don't like it. I want. I won't tell you how it struck Mika Brzezinski. She's been angry at Bill Clinton and uh, the way Hillary handled the whole Monica Lewinsky thing for a long time. I want I want to let you know what she thought Which of his gives answers. me a, sh- a shred of respect for her. Anyway, let, let's roll this and s- see what we think. One of the things that this, this Me Too era has done, it's forced a, a lot of women uh, to speak out. One of those women, Monica Lewinsky, she wrote in an op-ed that the Me Too movement changed her view of sexual harassment. Quote, he was my boss. He was the most powerful man on the planet. He was 27 years my senior with enough life experience to know better. He was at the time at the pinnacle of his career while I was in my first job uh, out of college. Looking back on what happened then through the lens of Me Too now, do you do you think differently or feel more responsibility? No, I felt terrible then. And I came to grips with it. Did you ever apologize to no, no, Yes, and nobody believes that I got out of that for free. I left the White House $16 million in debt. But this was litigated 20 years ago. Two-thirds of the American people sided with me. They were not insensitive to that. I had a sexual harassment policy when I was governor in the 80s. I had... Two women chiefs of staff when I was governor. Women were overrepresented in the attorney general's office in the 70s for their percentage in the bar. I've had nothing but women leaders in my office since I left. You are giving one side and omitting facts. Mr. President, I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to present a side. I'm no, not... no, I'm not, you asked me if I agreed. The answer is no, I don't. And I, well, I asked if you'd ever apologized, and you said you had. I have. You've apologized to her. I apologize to everybody in the world. It is important to me that everybody who has been hurt know that the sorrow I feel is genuine. First and most important, my family, Monica Lewinsky and her family. But you didn't apologize to her. I have not talked to her. Do you I, feel I like you owe her an apology? No, I do. I, I, I do not. I've never talked to her. But I did say publicly on more than one occasion that I was sorry. That's very different. The apology was public. And you don't think a private apology is owed? I think this thing has been, it's 20 years ago. That's Patterson. Come on. Jump it in. Let's talk about JFK. Let's talk about, you know, LBJ. Stop already. I don't think 
President, you think President Kennedy should have resigned? Do you believe President Johnson should have resigned? Uh, Someone should ask you these questions because of the way you formulate the questions. I dealt with it 20 years ago plus, and the American people, two thirds of them stayed with me. And I've tried to do a good job since then with my life and with my work. That's all I have to say to you. So I just saw the interview that I've always wanted to see with Bill Clinton, thanks to Craig Melvin. That's the interview I think we've been waiting decades for. This abuse of power and that his wife running for president and not facing what happened. And the continued abuse that happened under him and the example he set for America's children about what is is. So my thanks to Craig Melvin. We'll be right back. And so she's upset and she comes back from the break and says she thinks Bill Clinton sounded exactly like Trump with his because uh, a little bit earlier he he says, well, your facts are incorrect. You're not stating the facts. The facts are and that sort of stuff. Just yeah. Yeah. Muddying and arguing instead of just owning up to it. I just liked how she was doing the angry newsreader slamming the papers on the desk thing. Night after night? <laughs> night after night? Um, Rearranging them and banging them on the desk. To night after them night? So, so what did you think of Bill, Bill's handling of that? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm Let me conflicted. ask you. you should, should Kennedy have uh, had to resign? Should Johnson have to resign? Somebody should ask you these questions. I don't think <clears throat> you get to... Get angry and come back at people if you if you want to come out of this smelling good. Uh, well, I thought... Because all, all of it's on you. Yeah. Well, I thought the way Melvin formulated the question was actually pretty fair. You know, in the wake of the Me Too movement, the changing standards, how do you see it now? Um, at the same time, I could see Clinton getting a little hot. They're there to talk about the book, and this comes out of nowhere. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, because it, it, it has been litigated and relitigated many times. Well, it's, a time, it's a different time, though. Yeah, and the New York, the senator, the U.S. senator from New York says he should have resigned. Who's a Democrat? Yeah, I think that's. I, I think it's news you got to pursue. I think if you just interview him about his book, you're not doing your job as a journalist. Well, if if the Kristen Gillibrand thing was that referenced at all no, in any no. part of that, I mean, because if it were, then I think he does go to. John Kennedy, uh, LBJ, etc. I think that's a legitimate question, given the standards of the time. I'll tell you what wasn't fair, in my opinion. Sean and I were discussing this as uh, people who have been in and out of relationships. The whole, have you apologized to her in person? When relationships go south for a number, it's always ugly at the end. The calling for the personal apology, they don't, you don't want to do it and they don't want to hear it. Right. On either side. Yes. Rear view mirror time. How often does that happen? Everybody agrees. Yeah. How often does that happen? Yeah. Almost never. Oh, well, thank you for the call. Now Um, you've reminded me of the pain and I'm going to have a. My day is now miserable because you called me. Thanks. Yes. Yes. That's no good. Look, we both regret stuff. Lose my number. Goodbye. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So did you, uh, you know. Yeah, I just found that that whole thing kind of. (laughs) I feel dirty again. (laughs) Bill's mad, though. I mean, when he starts in on the questioning, Bill kind of tilts his head back and opens his mouth like, okay, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. He's hey. annoyed when people ask him about his own behavior, though. Yes. 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 Well, I think he feels like he's answered the question eight million times. And I'm no great defender of Bill Clinton, but I get that. He could have handled it better. His pride was definitely up. 
successful two-term president, some punk journalist. Mm-hmm. I don't have to answer your questions, son. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot to dislike on all sides there, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he could have handled it better. He could have said, uh, although, you know, in his defense, he said, yeah, I said it was terrible at the time. I felt horrible then. And yeah, I feel horrible about it now. Yeah. Wouldn't, what? You, be, wouldn't you be better off if you didn't argue back, though, if you didn't push back? If you just said, oh, yeah, I feel terrible about it. I'll feel terrible about the rest of, terrible about the rest of my life. Yeah. It's the worst things I've ever done. Right. And, and, and uh, you know, leaders, uh, male and female, look at the example. Look at my mistakes and learn from them. Yeah, it was a terrible period. Anyway, let's talk about the book. <laughs> I don't yeah. see it as a great stain. Yeah, yeah, his his pride was definitely up, and 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 it did not serve him. Good stuff. But are we still freaking talking about Monica? <laughs> really? You got Donald Trump trying to shred the Constitution, saying he could shoot Jim Comey, and that the president's above the law. I'll tell you what one one thing that seems so clear, and I've I've said this for a long time. It's just the Clinton era is so over. I mean, when you got Mika Brzezinski. Who's a, who, who who voted for Hillary Clinton? I mean, she's just she's just disgusted with them both at this point. Right, right. So is everyone else, and so is everyone else. So, well, and and uh, you know, it's funny. As I was starting to feel a little sympathy for uh, old Willie Jeff, there, I was reminded that once he got out of office, he and Hillary established one of the greatest money laundering outfits this side of the Kremlin, which is the Clinton Foundation, which might have been started because. They spent so much money in defending themselves over things that they did. Right. That's the thing. <laughs> but, uh, you know, so they were, you know, that whole deal. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. <laughs> yeah, his thought might have been, I can't believe I have to talk about this again. <laughs> that was the most expensive piece of tail I've ever had. <laughs> By far. <laughs> oh, Hillary. And then you assassinated her character, didn't you? Called her crazy and a stalker, which is, you know, partly true. (laughs) You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Listen, you'll get mad at me. You know what I said at the end? What? The worst I could say. Oh, you want that? You didn't say what are you wearing? No, it was even worse than that. But then was even worse, worse, worse than what I said. Was I was just like, I don't know how you'll die. You will die. You're gonna smack me. Uh, Probably, Monica. What do you think I said? God only knows. What's the worst thing I could say? Do you love me? No. I love you. Yep. You didn't. I did. We're getting off, and I'm like, I, I love you, butthead. <laughs> no. I called him butthead. You didn't. I did. And what did he say? Just, that was it. He just kind of hung up. Yeah. Or I hung up. I was like, oh, my God. What the hell just came out of my mouth? Butthead. Butthead. I guarantee you that was one of the lowest moments of his life. That is worth playing just to remind everybody of... I mean, look, I get the imbalance of power, the boss, the underling, the president, the intern. Blah, 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 blah. She was so silly. Yeah, well, she she was... And in love. Yep, she was like, you know, anybody else dating a, whatever she was, 22-year-old right. woman or dude. Just, yeah. I love you, and, butthead, and I guarantee he got off the phone and thought, oh, oh crap. Oh, gee, oh, yeah. what have I done? Well, and... <laughs> 
I've made a horrible mistake. Oh yeah, and it's 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 also it's worth thinking about if that had happened, say, twelve years prior. I mean, twelve when years she even ten. No, Lord, no, no. He'd have definitely been impeached. Everybody's the same age in this scenario. It's a time machine, and everybody gets in. But if she'd been doing that at the time of Kennedy or LBJ, if the two of them had been doing that. One of his guys would have gone to her and said, listen, listen, it's over. It, the president likes you. You're a great gal, yeah. but you need to go find yourself a husband, blah, blah, blah. And she'd have cried a lot and had her heart broken, blah, blah, blah. Sadder but wiser, moved on with her life. Oh, that Because it happened many times. Oh, that, that young chick that she wrote a book a couple of years ago that swam around in the pool with JFK yeah. was having sex with. I guarantee you she sounded just as silly and young as Monica. Right. It's right. just a different time. And I'm not saying I'm cool with it or it's good or I'd like to encourage it or anything like no. that. But... It, 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 the swept under the carpet days, in my opinion, and feel free to tell me I'm wrong, would have been much better for Monica Lewinsky. Oh, definitely. Much, De- much No better. doubt about it. She would have been heartbroken in sort of the traditional way everybody gets heartbroken and they find out. And oh, felt thought, a little used. I thought this know? was real and it wasn't. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. But yeah. That, that would have been feel much, bad for the kid, but much better for her. She was humiliated on an international scale and the president's wife felt it necessary to assassinate her character and mount a multi-pronged ruin her life offensive would it have been better for future interns and things along those lines though right like it's it may have been better for the individual but wasn't there some sort of societal good about kind of exposing the light on that or i don't know it depends on whether you think uh presidential affairs or stuff we ought to know about i don't know I don't know. Yeah, I, I see your point, Sean, I, and the answer is, yeah, it's probably good. You know, I've gone back and in forth. In toto, as I've, we say in the legal business. I've gone back and forth on this. Meaning uh, in Dorothy's dog. <laughs> depending on my mood, but sometimes in the mood where I think a 22-year-old grown-up, full legal responsibility for anything you ought to do, ought to be able to make the decision of whether or not they want to have an affair with their boss. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Well, and there we reach the great question of uh, of balance. There are aspects of the modern feminism that infantilize women. They portray women as so utterly incapable of making their own decisions and protecting themselves and having a cocktail, the rest of it, that if anybody lays a hand on a woman after she's had a light beer, my God, that's akin to rape. How could she possibly take care of herself? Which is a horrible, horrible message to give to women. And so I I don't want to go that far. Um, See... On the other hand, I you know I've tried very hard to raise strong women, and my wife's a strong woman, and the rest of it. If your boss does the whole, you know, we should go out sometime, it didn't puts she, you in a really difficult position. Didn't she show him her thong first? Yes. yes. I mean, so yeah. yeah. Uh, I mean, if your boss does put you in that impossible position of, oh my God, now my job's at risk. I don't know what to do. But if you also really, really like him and you're attracted to him and maybe you came on to him, I have a very, and even if you're 22 years old, there's the, the imbalance of power. And again, feel free. If this makes me some sort of pig, feel, I'm sure you will feel free to let me know <laughs> yeah. via the email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com yeah. or text. Give social media the, uh, yeah. the green light to go ahead and be strong worded. Please. Tweet me. I'll give you a cell phone. You can just text it right to him. <laughs> yeah. Another pound or two or hate, a pound or two of hate mail per day will not affect my life at all. We get plenty. Um, but, uh, 
I I am not going to act like that 22-year-old is an infant or a babe in the woods or utterly incapable of making your own decision. That is disempowering. It's infantilizing people. And that's the great trend in modern America that you've got to throw yourself on the care of the government or others or whatever. You can't possibly make your own decisions. I don't uh, Monica says she was diagnosed with PTSD from the experience. Oh, I believe that. I believe it too. And, I think uh, I think Hillary was more responsible for that than Bill. Oh yeah, I agree. I think Bill was an aging horn dog who, who as he said himself, it, he's mad at himself because he only did it because he could. He's getting no sex from his wife, and uh, the twenty-two-year-old that works showed him her thong and made it absolutely <laughs> clear she wanted to get with him. Right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. I up until the. Oh, my God, she said, I love you, butthead. Al Gore's in there. Oh, Mr. President, this is bad. Because that makes Al Gore Beavis in the scenario. (laughs) The earth is getting hotter, sir. (laughs) Never mind that. Have you seen how hot my intern is? Yeah, the curvy one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Did we ever? We haven't told this story. So, who was the reporter that we used to talk to? The old guy, good guy. Oh, Ivan Scott. I, Ivan was Scott. It? Yeah, he. Oh, he's he, a great reporter. He had Monaco in his newsroom when she was working at the Pentagon. He was working there and right. had a desk next to her. So anyway, he yeah, so he worked with Monica before she became <laughs> We don't have that clip, do we, Michael? And we, we Oh, that's from 20 years ago. And so we asked Ivan, well, well, what was Monica like? And he said, a plow horse of a woman. <laughs> oh, man. She was, I think she, he said she was sturdy, a, a plow horse of a woman. Not a, not a kind review. Oh, well, not even really a, a commentary on her character either. That's, do you uh, need to get plowing done? <laughs> and she's an excellent woman. Oh, we're, we're, I think I was leading up to something. Blah blah blah. The president, she came on. I just, I up until the exposure of it and the uh, the the trial and the deposition and the impeachment and the character assassination. You know, I, I, I didn't have a lot of sympathy for her. This is dumb. This is pretty good text. I think the media. Uh, is trying to clean up Bill Clinton's story so they can go after Trump, but Bill's not having it. He needs to get with the program. Because if Bill gets on board with the whole, yes, anybody who does this, any president who does that, should be should have to resign. Should, then, okay, now we've got the green light. We've all decided presidents that do that need to resign. Huh? Now we go after Trump, but Bill's not having it. <laughs> well, except he was a hotelier at the time that he was getting with various tramps. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, getting back to the legal stuff, and we I will. Don't, I don't know about it. I don't know. God, 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 God only God knows. Only knows. <laughs> you, probably. <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't. I called him butthead, and then I hung up. You called the freaking president of the United States butthead. I love you, butthead. That's when he knew he was in serious trouble. And then what happened? <laughs> oh, my God. He had to be disappointed. He might have stayed up that entire night. Just picturing where this was going to go. Wow. Yeah. What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, the debate over presidential power is raging on this morning with Trump and his lawyer adding more fuel to the hypothetical fire. What if the president shot the Supreme Court justice? Yes. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Oh my god, we have breaking news? Indeed. Breaking we do. news. Breaking baking news. Breaking 
baking. Indeed, indeed. We've got a Colorado baker winning a big one at the Supreme Court. The high court ruling in favor of the man who refused to bake a wedding cake for a same-sex couple. The baker's saying... Breaking gake news. The baker's saying he refused to do so on religious grounds. The the, uh, majority agreeing uh, agreeing with uh, noted legal analyst Joe Getty in that there were significant First Amendment problems with compelling someone to make an artistic creation in celebration of something he could not brook from a religious uh, point of view. So this is looking uh, at the uh, cake as a work of art. Exactly. Uh, free speech yeah. cake. It's not a, a commodity, it's a work of art. More on that to come. Indeed, President Trump. Meanwhile, if you're a gay fella or a gal, God bless you. We hope you have a happy life. Go find a baker who wants your business. I go somewhere that he doesn't want my business. I don't want theirs. F you. And I move on. President Trump insisting this morning he has the absolute right to pardon himself. In a tweet this morning, he says, as has been stated by numerous legal scholars, I have the absolute right to go ahead and pardon myself. Also known as free pasturbation. But why would I do that? Wow, did you invent that? I did. That's pretty good. But why would I do that when I have done nothing wrong? Why are we having these hypothetical conversations? It's important in a republic, Jack. Indeed. Or the something. The I'll have my analysis coming up, having been one for one on Supreme Court decisions today. Meanwhile, the president's lawyer, Rudy Giuliani, went even further over the weekend, saying the president could have gone ahead and shot former FBI J- director James Comey to end the <laughs> Russian investigation. Oh, my God. Well, that's helping. And <laughs> that is a controversial assertion, Rudy. And not be prosecuted until after he left office. He did an interview with HuffPost on Sunday, and Giuliani claimed that Trump's power as the president extends so far that he cannot be indicted on a criminal charge or even be subpoenaed for questioning. But Rudy is adding, if Trump did shoot Comey, he'd be impeached the next day, and then Giuliani said prosecutors could do whatever they want with him. Yeah, and the system would be fine. He'd go to jail as a private citizen. Not only that, but virtually every legal analyst of any weight who's weighing in on this, left, right, and center, is saying, yeah, a lot of these assertions haven't been tried by the courts, but it'd be uh, practically impossible to envision they would rule the way Rudy and Seculo and and, and such are arguing that they would. It's a letter from one legal team to another saying, if you try to drag our guy in, we're going to fight it on every basis we can, so we better come up with a solution. That's what this letter is. It's not an assertion that Trump is king and above the law. Now, to what extent Trump understands that, I couldn't tell you. Well, as Chris Christie said yesterday, this is what you do when you're a lawyer. He said it happens all the time. You make the broadest, uh, most all-encompassing argument you can. That's where you start. It's like a negotiation. You shoot for the highest number. Right, then you hone it down from there. So, with all due respect to MSNBC's desperate need to get ratings and to claim that uh, Trump has, in fact, donned a crown, grabbed up a scepter, and is ruling from on high, <laughs> this is just legal maneuvering, and the republic is fine. Golden State Warriors downing the Cleveland Cavaliers 122-103 to last night in Oakland to take a two-zip lead in the NBA Finals. Warriors star Steph Curry had an NBA Finals record nine three-pointers, scoring 33 points. LeBron James scored 29 points for the Cavs after the game. LeBron telling reporters. I think I only got tired once tonight. So, I mean, um, they doubled me a few times when I caught the ball in the post, something they do, didn't do in game one. Um, you know, So I got off the ball trusting my teammates, but as far as working harder, I, I think I got tired once. Tired he, once. He said teammates, and he put up the finger air quotes. Yeah. No, he did. That was weird. <laughs> <laughs> What other, That's hilarious. One other side note. LeBron James short suit ensemble. Yes. 
cost $45,000. He brought it back again, this time with Red Sox, which I thought was a great maneuver. Joe, I would like to propose an addendum to the earlier bet for yes. the, the Cavs will not win. So yes. instead of the $50 typical fare, they about, won't win a game at all. Yeah, the, the Cavs yeah. won't. You think they'll win a game. Yes, I, I do. think the, right. the, the, the Warriors will sweep. Loser has to wear a short suit to work <laughs> for a week. A for week? A week? Hey, well, are you confident or not? A day is plenty. Are you I'm confident? confident. <laughs> well, then what's the problem? You're going to make Sean wear a short suit for a week. All right. You're confident. You're on. <laughs> yes, we got him, Jack. I, I didn't know there was such thing as a suit that cost $45,000. Well, here's the deal. If you're LeBron James, itself, there is. <laughs> suit itself only cost $2,500. The $41,000 element was the alligator bag that he was carrying. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. My wife said, why does he carry a purse? So that's not a purse. It's a, it's a bag. Alligator. Wow. Yep. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm Strong and Getty Show, The Conscience of the Nation. I'm much happier with this bet. This is going to be fun. Yeah, somebody's wearing a short suit, which is exciting. <laughs> oh, yes. I actually hope I lose now. <laughs> On the way, it would seem that Apple, or so they claim, is uh, going to lead the charge against cell phone addiction. Yes. Apple. I'm all for it. They sell them, don't you know? Yeah. We'll talk to Sherry Preston of ABC next. On the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. About marriage, I thought pretty good. All right. Maureen Dowd's scathing review of the new book about Barack Obama by his former, uh, whatever he was. Oh, Ben Rhodes. Ben Rhodes. Advisor, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. Meanwhile, I don't think there's any denying that cell phone addiction is a thing, whether it's a big thing or a small thing, depends on who you ask. But uh, interestingly enough, Apple is uh, stepping to the front of the line to help us deal with it, allegedly. Sherry Preston of ABC News is reporting on the story. Hi, Sherry. How are you? Hi, guys. Good morning. I'm great. How are you? Absolutely terrific. Thanks. So what's Apple up to? Well, okay, they're going to have their Worldwide Developer Conference coming up in a few hours. And usually what they do with these things is they introduce, say, a new iPhone, a new iPad, a new iMac, some sort of hardware to get us to buy it. Well, they've been under some pressure recently, um, as has Android, you know, and Google, developers there, to get us to step away from our phones. People are saying they're on there a little bit too much. So Apple's going to introduce this thing called this digital health software so that when you do your iOS update coming up, um, you know, in the fall, it'll tell you how long you've been on the air. It'll help you take steps to maybe step away from your phone Oof. a little bit more, maybe set it for your kids so that they can step away a little bit more. You know, it's something that uh, Android did at its developer conference last month. Yeah, and, nobody cares. You know, it's been moving. It only ahead. matters if Apple did it. Android does lots of stuff first, but we ignore <laughs> oh, that. Wow. And then when Apple does it, we act like it's a revelation. Just. Well, you're, you're right about that. You're right, because so many more people have Apple phones. They do. and, and But there is, actually is more of these devices to help you step away from things like that for Android devices. So now Apple's saying, okay, we got to come forward. But, but, but some people are saying, why do we have to have the phone be the one to tell us that we need to step away? Well, our, if we're addicted to the phone, shouldn't we be the ones to well, yeah. acknowledge but it? it we don't rem- away? Well, my first thought was, why would General Motors start trying to convince people to 
ride bikes. I mean, it just seems like a bad idea. But So it sounds more like when McDonald's started offering salads because everybody was beating them up for unhealthy food. They're just try- doing a PR battle. Right, trying to get ahead of the backlash. But it reminds me of when they put calories next to the food. I, I change my eating choices when I see, ooh, geez, there's that many calories in that donut? Maybe I won't eat it. If I looked at my phone at the end of the day and it says that I stared at it for six hours, it might make me adjust my behavior. Yeah, exactly. And that's what people have been saying, you know. Well, again, going back to Google, when they did that, they came forward and, you know, they they, they cited this study that said 70% of Americans um, are asking for help because they just can't uh, to step away from their phone. And, you know, you got to get your life sort of like, come on. I mean, really? I mean, why would Apple even want to do that? It's because they got a lot of pressure from people. And, yeah, it's a PR thing. Sherry Preston of ABC News. Well, we'll look forward to hearing the actual headlines from the conference and, and, and maybe uh, get you back on. Thanks, Sherry. Okay, take care, guys. Have great, a good one. Great to talk. Thanks. Uh, you know, I was. Uh, I do. I don't need to be reminded of the crack monkey style endorphin addiction that cell phones are, and they're so so good at that, and it's so insidious. I think insidious. It's the definition <clears throat> of insidious. Yeah, I mean, it really is. Yeah. Um. I just uh, we're becoming a species that's never in the moment. We're never where we are fully. <sighs> we're never invested in our lives, and and I think it's unhealthy. And I'm beginning to resent it more and more in myself and other people. But so Jude and I are are having breakfast. We went out to eat. To, it's the last day ever for one of our favorite breakfast places. The uh, little gal who runs it is is moving to a different city hmm. and going to open up there, but no, oh, it's too bad because they make good grub. But so anyway, we go out for breakfast, and there are uh, uh, a bunch of people in the restaurant, obviously, and dude has uh, the same uh, text tone as I do, and he was getting a couple of texts, and I would hear the tone and think, oh yeah, something I got important, a text. something interesting, just anything, just a pleasure, 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 and I get a little shot of endorphins, then I'd realize, wait a minute, I got my ringer off because I always have my ringer off. That's his phone. And I had a neurological sad trombone play in my head. I'm just sitting here enjoying a morning with my wife. Yuck. Yeah, delicious food for the last time ever at this quaint small town diner. I just got these pancakes from a restaurant called uh, Pancakes Egg Cetera. Oh, wait. Kind of a play on words. I get it. Um, (laughs) Right. There are, you know, half a dozen reasons to be totally invested in the moment. Yep. And 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 just that the 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 uh, shot of uh, endorphins matched with the sad trombone. I mean, granted, I'm an insightful and introspective man, but it was difficult to avoid thinking you you got a problem. Oh yeah, there was a study the other day. I just saw the headline and I meant to uh, dig it up. Uh, college students, I forget the percentage. Over half of college students, it was a high percentage, uh, would rather get a mild electric shock than be alone with their own thoughts. <laughs> wow and and that weird being alone with my own thoughts is like a painful idea is so unhealthy oh my god that's that's like a species that's headed for the ecological cliff oh god you know, I would the, say. Uh, the uh the uh the anthro not the you know the uh what's the what's the one with the evolution that's evolution extinct yeah. No, it's a, we're heading for the evolutionary cliff yeah. at least neurologically speaking that's incredibly unhealthy Oy vey! What have we done to ourselves? And Apple is going to help us with that, apparently. That, that could help some, like, <clears throat> just exactly like the calorie thing, as I mentioned. If I, if I actually saw in front of me, it's like when you get on the scale. I weigh that much. I knew it gained a little weight, but I didn't know it was that much. If I look at the end of the day and see how many hours I stared at my phone, maybe that'll make me do something. I don't know. God, maybe the right metaphor is cigarettes. You know, after a while, the tobacco companies actually made their cigarettes less deadly. Because they had to. 
Because there was a giant backlash. Mm-hmm. So start looking I, at your smartphone as a pack of cigarettes. I don't think most people. Are, are most people bothered by how often they look at their phone? Or are most people perfectly comfortable with how often they look at their phone? I think people are simultaneously bothered by how much they look at their phone or, and are in denial about how much they actually look at their phone. Well, most people, and this is going to sound elitist, <laughs> but again, look around you today on the street at your local mall or Walmart. She is shaving her legs at the pool. In that pool. <laughs> Most people are numbskulls. So <laughs> it's entirely possible, no, most people are not bothered in the least at never being fully invested in a moment in their own lives. Their skulls are numb. Well, right. Well, they're, they're, they're the herd, you know. God, I was doing some reading uh, based on a recommendation from Bill Clinton. I was reading about... Uh, living your life and being in the moment and stuff like that and uh, really troubled by it. It's not easy to do. That whole idea of being in the moment, it's it's, it's not as easy as it sounds. Well, I, uh, I'm reminded of Ian from Tijuana sending along the quote of the month. If you don't know what introspection is, you need to take a long, hard look at yourself. Because <laughs> uh, Bill Clinton was featured in the New York Times... Uh, as the author this week, of course, they love the opportunity sure. to make him the author because he's got that book out with uh, James Patterson. And so they ask him what his favorite books of all time are and books that changed his life and all this different stuff. And he, his was about the most interesting that I've ever seen. And I've been reading it for years just because he's such a smart guy and so well read. Mm-hmm. Leaves of Grass. He's a big fan of that. One. I don't think you have to be that way to be a good president, but he is. He's a he's a book guy. No doubt about it. In fact, they. They did ask the question. They they asked this question. Do you ever give the book give, give books as gifts? And oh he boy. said, oh, I have occasionally. And I thought, how did you not go there? Oh he boy. gave Monica a copy uh, of Leaves uh, of Grass uh, to get in her pants. Right. That <laughs> sounded like it. But anyway, wasn't going to take much to get in those pants. But. He he recommended the book, The Meditations of uh, Marcus Aurelius, mm. the the Roman Emperor. Mm. Wow. And, and says it's one of the most important books he ever read. What old they may have to say. Anyway, there was a portion Tell in there. Tell you what, I look out at the legions, I think, man, that's a lot of swords. <laughs> that, that sort of thing. You know, we walk Do we around need that in these many swords. We walk around in these sandals all the time. I'm constantly getting rocks in them. What if we closed a shoe? Hmm. <laughs> Signed Marcus Aurelius. <laughs> Very good. Thank you. Uh, but one of them was about living in the, the part of life we live is really small. For all the rest of existence is not life, but merely time. Vices beset us and surround us on every side, and they do not permit us to rise anew and lift up our eyes for the discernment of truth. But they keep us down when once they have overwhelmed us and we are chained to lust. Lust wow. being desire for vices. Right, right. That was really lust good. is a lot more than sexual lust. I heard a great sermon in a church on that once. Yeah. Open my eyes, I which was, I think is the purpose of a sermon. I thought that was really good. Yes. And, and when wow, I was, the, the idea of vices keeping us down. Yeah, and when I was reading that, I was thinking of cell phone stuff, because I, I don't have any of the really awful vices at this point in my life, but I have stuff like that. Their victims are never allowed to return to their true selves and live their lives. Yeah. Yeah, wow. That's good stuff right there. I don't know who you are anymore. You know? You have lost you you've lost your true self. This is heavy stuff. It is deep, man. Too deep. Yeah, no kidding. By the way, here's the review of Clinton Patterson's book. The President is Missing is the name of the book. No! By Bill Patterson. Where is he? Bill I Clinton wonder. and James Patterson. Where's he gone? So what kind of concoction had the former president and the best-selling novelist dreamed up? An overheated, logic-defying, overlong thriller about cyber terrorism 
that thrives on breathless Homeland-style pyrotechnics brought to an occasional screeching halt by policy wonk digressions. Gear. Sounds <laughs> two, great. Two stars. Ooh. From USA Today. Who's, that's wow. their audience, the James Patterson crowd. <laughs> Wasn't the uh, one of the movies, uh, The Simpsons, uh, The President's Neck is Missing. Wasn't that yes. an example of something or other? I can't remember. By the way, Bill Clinton in his interview in the New York Times, he did a, one of those humble brags. What was the, what were the what were your favorite books when you were younger or whatever? And he said something. Well, at uh, at uh, Harvard Law School, did he go to Yale Law School? Yale Law School, my favorite book was. But then when I went to Oxford, my favorite book was. Oh, but then when I they just oh, come on, do you really need to do that? Eh, wow, you need to throw that in. Wow, how do you know if somebody went to Oxford? They'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. one of those deals. Yeah. What is it with you people who go to the fancy colleges? Everything, you have to bring it up. <laughs> it's, maybe I wouldn't, too. I don't know. Maybe if I went to Harvard, I'd find a way to work it in and everything. Man, it's hot, just like it was in uh, when I was at Harvard. My favorite book when I went to Parkland College, uh, Community College, was... Uh, it's probably strange but true baseball stories. <laughs> Then when I moved along to Sierra College, it was, I don't know, probably, what's a dumb book? I don't read books anymore because I'm addicted to my phone. Yeah, no kidding. Five Myths of a Happy Marriage, pretty good to get to, among other things. And more legal analysis of the Trump, uh, you know, legal thoughts. On the Armstrong and Getty Show.